No. <laughs> I won't start with that. <laughs> I might put it at the very end. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. This is Jackson and Hutch, and we are coming at you from the Hannah C. Howard recording studio and it's good to be back with life on the vine it's so good to be together jackson to our audience thanks for listening we're excited to excited to jump on we're in excited we're yeah. excited yeah yeah we're pumped take, well, the, take the lid off the can of worms yeah and See what happens i'm kind of impressed with our listeners because if you've made it through two episodes on politics without us offending you so much that you're still That's listening true. yeah i i don't know if that says that we're doing a good job or that you are in this for the long suffering <laughs> you, you are filled with yeah. the grace and compassion of the lord jesus christ amen so amen you are being refined into holiness and sanctification yeah it's awesome yeah so yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about politics. This is episode three of three that we're kind of doing over politics. Yeah. And um, Dan, why don't you recap us with what maybe the first episode of this series was like? Yeah, for sure. So uh, politics and, and really what we began with is the idea that Christians are called to be uh, countercultural, that when... When we live in in the world and in a society, it's easy to either just sort of become enmeshed in the society where we we cease to be a, a witness. We just kind of what the society does, how how the society goes, so goes the church. Or when we don't want to do that, then we separate, we we disengage, and really we don't believe that either of those postures is what the church is called to. But instead, we're called to be. Uh, different, and we're called to be in that uh, middle space, uh, kind of right in the middle where we're engaged. And we talked about the geography of Israel that first time. Uh, we're called to be um, unique, to be different, and to be a, a witness through that posture um, where we're, we're engaged, but we're also people look at the church and should see like that's that's just. That's not what I see in the world around me. Um, right. there, there's something that stands out about who we are. You know, I was listening to uh, briefly. I was listening to a uh, um, talk by John Stott, who I who I love. He, he's dead now, but he was a pastor for a long time, and he he talked about how as you go through the scriptures, one of the major themes, and you see it in the law, you see it in the prophets, you see it in the gospels, you see it in the letters, is to be different, um, called to be different, and that's that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And so that kind of moved us from uh, talking about being different and being an alternate community. Uh, and that really uh, moved us into episode two, right. uh, which kind of called us to engage in policy, right? Right. Um, right. And so that um, we kind of talked about how policy actually matters because policy can be a way that we affect others' lives, Right. Right, um, right. So, yeah, we're supposed to be this alternate community, right? But we are also supposed to be caring about our neighbors. And one right. of the ways that we can care about our neighbors uh, and love our neighbors is through the policies that are enacted, right? We right, might have different right. opinions on which policy might serve our neighbors better. Right. 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 But uh, we, we are called to engage 
in loving our yes. neighbors and and politics is a way that we can do that yeah not a, not the only way not the but, only yeah but it is a talking way. About, yeah yeah and, and that's part you know part of this the call of the church to be incarnational to be in our in the neighborhood right i mean when you're in the neighborhood when you're and you see something that's going on you get involved and, and you you look out for the benefit of your neighbor you know someone's breaking into your neighbor's house you call the police right you don't just sit back and say well that's that's my neighbor's problem and i'm called to be different no you get involved and we're called to be engaged especially in a democracy right where we right democratic republic whatever we are we have a voice and so um we are invited to use that yeah and we also talked a little bit about how we approach the solutions that we back by our voting, right, right, right? and that um, it's less about necessarily how we vote or which solution we we back, but it's more about how we approach that, right? So right. it's less right. about how we vote and more about why we vote yeah. for that, yeah, right. And we, and we kind of gave a call to examine our hearts and look at the reasons for why we back which party we back and which policies we back and all that stuff. Yeah. So that and kind think, of, Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, just final thing. I, I think, you know, all of this goes back to, to Jesus, right. And the kingdom and the, the, the top two commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and that's just as that governs should govern all of life politics is not exempt from that and so that's i think that's the encouragement of last week's is um you know how, how does how does love of neighbor and the command to love neighbor and to love and to love god um how does that influence and is that influencing or is it more of a love of self and a this is what i need this is what i want um and as christians it should it shouldn't be that it should be love of neighbor and love of god right yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to kind of discuss today is we know that we're called to be alternate, different. We're called to be different from the world, right? Yeah. But we also know that that policy can uh, affect our neighbor, right? And so right. we are called to be in the game, in the neighborhood, right? Uh, voting for policy that's going to help our neighbors and help society uh, and that reflects our love of God. Right. But then what happens when policy falls short? Hmm. Right. And what I mean by that is like policy without people can be kind of empty. Right. So even if the government were to pass the best laws ever we have perfect laws you know perfect structure for our society it's still it comes down to the people in the society and whether they're going to a obey those laws and b act uh justly and kindly and with mercy and with grace and with love towards one another right right right. um so so we could have the best laws in the world and not enact those laws in our own life and then we end up in chaos right right yeah yeah i think so um so so yeah we're kind of talking about adopting personal political policy right yeah yeah well i think to your point that you know whether 
whether the the America, which is our context right now, right? And if you're listening from another country, then whatever country you're from. Uh, shout out to those listeners from another country. Yeah. I saw we got a couple. Uh, we have a Brazil listener, a Netherlands listener, and I think I saw a United Kingdom. And then uh, most recently, we have a Canadian listener. And I don't know if they're actually Canadian or if they're just traveling in Canada and listening to us. I don't know. But well, whatever it is, if you're listening from another country, thank you for listening. And and this applies, right? It, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves situated. But the, I think part of the what we believe as Christians is that however good the policies and the laws of the land, however just, however righteous, or however broken and fragile and unjust, we as Christians still have a personal responsibility of engagement and of living out our faith in relationship with other people mm. and and we have we have a call that in some ways the the specifics might change if if depending on policies and, and where the needs are or how the needs shift but the call of the kingdom doesn't really change regardless of the policies of the land mm. yeah so like what you're saying is even like let's just say from a upcoming election cycle right, that we're right. in right now in yeah. the US, okay? Yeah. In case you didn't know we're coming up on an election. Yes. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Um and this one's kind of a tense one, right? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Okay. Yeah, I think so, some tension. <laughs> <laughs> so even if you back one party or another or you back one policy or another in a lot in a lot of senses it doesn't really matter which policy gets put into place um right because the call for the kingdom and the call for the people who are in that kingdom of god is the same right 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 so, so yeah go ahead you know yeah I was going to just say, okay, so like my mind goes straight to like social networks, okay? Yeah. There's differing um, uh, ideas on how social policies, specifically to uh, people who who are financially less well off yeah. than others, right? Right. So you can vote for policies that push the government to... Uh, push resources towards people, or you can vote for policies that uh, kind of um, minimize the government's role in that and, and put the burden on the church or the, uh, the uh, personal people to take care of each other's yeah. uh, needs, right? Yeah. So either way, it doesn't really matter which policy it is. The idea as Christians is that we should be engaged in loving and giving our time and other resources and energy towards people who need help. Right. 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 So yeah. it doesn't really matter the policy. Yeah. It's more the personal adoption of the call of the kingdom. And am I right. going to get into the game and, and respond to God's call right. to love on the widow and the orphan and right. the foreigner right. and, uh, and the poor, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, let's talk extremes of our economic policies. Okay. You know, if we were to, to 
become an like entirely socialized economy that would still not absolve Christians from caring for their neighbor. Right. That would that would not absolve us from from the call to tithe, right? That would not absolve us from the call, call and the, the ministry of, of deacons. So we're, we're in a Presbyterian church, so we have deacons who are called to serve those in the church and outside of the church who have special special needs, uh, unique needs. And, yeah. and that would, we would not be absolved because, well, the government's taking care of it, you know, or right. now, the, now the rich people, they're all doing it, so now we're absolved. That would not, in the same way, if we were, you know, completely capitalistic, and I would say maybe more so in that case. But if we were, you know, then the responsibility is the same. It, it's to care for our neighbor, to care for, you know, if we have the resources that we have and we have the ability to decide what we want to do those, with those resources, the call of Christ as we use those is still how do I serve? How do I use these for the kingdom? How do I use these for my neighbor who is in need? How do I um, support, love, give of myself, even self-sacrificially? Uh, but th- but that's that call is the same. Right? Yeah. And I think that's that's sort of what we're trying to to get at, that um, regardless, some policies might lead to more justice we would feel in one area or another um but it's not the government's role doesn't absolve our responsibility yeah regardless of what it is right and i think that the listeners out there might say yeah we know that obviously it doesn't absolve us from our role but i really caution you from from just kind of giving it a flippant attitude uh uh Maybe flippant's not the right word, but just to kind of dismiss it, yeah. because um, uh, let me let me tell you a story from yeah. uh, I I think I'd mentioned in in a podcast past. Uh, I think the one specifically that was our story. So if you haven't listened to the one that's titled "Our Stories," we give a little bit of background uh, and kind of our testimony, not the full version, but yeah. short versions. Anyway, within that, I talked a little bit about. Um, growing up in the household that I grew up in. And one of the things that my parents did is they invited others into our household. Um, so I have two brothers um, and now two sisters. And there were three other guys that lived with us that are my younger brother's age um, that grew up with us as as they were in elementary school, middle school, and high school. So um, one day we uh, i was not there but my my dad has told me the story um that uh their basketball team my younger brother and uh the other guys the other three guys that lived with us um their basketball team was doing a fundraiser and they were uh selling ribs okay and yeah yeah and they were good ribs too yeah yeah did your dad make them uh yeah, my dad made some oh, ribs. He oh. he bought some and made some and they were delicious. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um anyway, so they were, you know, just like my brothers and I when we sold Cub Scout popcorn or we had a school fundraiser or something like that. Uh we walked around the neighborhood um uh, and he would go with us. So, he did the same thing with these other guys. Um and I say other guys like I'm I'm just trying not to say their names. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to yeah, like yeah. be distant. Um, 
so he would walk he walked around with these other guys and they went house to house and we had some good friends that were in the same neighborhood uh, as us and they were very politically different than my parents and they were very vocal about it and I thought that that was really neat because um, some of the things that they were vocal about I also thought was like yeah that's a really good deal um, so they anyway these these guys go up to uh, their house and as they are walking up the driveway which these houses are kind of set far back from the street as they're walking up to the driveway uh, the the mom that we know just turns tail is on the porch turns tail goes inside and they walk up to the door and ring the doorbell ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong nothing nothing radio silence uh, and then they come back down and uh they say you know why did so and so not answer the door yeah and my dad's like well i don't know maybe maybe they had to go to the bathroom or something they're like no we saw her like peeking around the corner and he's like well i don't really know and so they they continue through the neighborhood and on their way back she uh runs down the driveway and says, Oh, I didn't know that it was, it was you boys. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, what, what is it that you wanted to, to say? And then she bought some ribs and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, but they, it could not, they could not fathom. They could not understand and compute why this lady who mm. had, had verbalized some things that really resonated with them, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't answer the door when they Mm -hmm. came to the door because they looked a little different than her. Um, and so that's kind of what we mean by putting this into action is that even something as simple as just, um, answering the door or answering the call quote, I'm doing air quotes here, the call, um, uh, when it's staring you straight in the face. Uh, I think we have a tendency to, we can kind of turn our backs or we can say it's not that important or it's not that big of a deal. Um, and, and we can be vocal about policies that will address these things. But yet when it comes to our own action, we tend to retreat inside yeah. and ignore who's knocking. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is you know, the, the the critique that can be leveled is, particularly in a world of social media, sort of the... The the, st- the stereotype maybe of the social the the social media warrior mm-hmm. who's always out there and posting and this is unjust and this is unjust and we need more of this and we need more of this and then the question of uh you know when was the last time you volunteered with an organization or went to a habitat house or went down to helping hands ministry and helped you know pass out food or when was the last time you went and talked to a homeless person in downtown Tulsa and had a conversation with them heard their story and helped them out or when was you know are are those and maybe and some of them those are but are are those active engagements part of the the larger picture of our um attempts to make a more just society right you know i i think that's um I, to, to bring the kingdom you know are we are we attempting to bring the kingdom through um through action as well as through dialogue we'll we'll call it nicely that's a nice yeah. way of saying it yeah because <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it's easy to um uh 
I think it's easy to sit on your couch and type something out and send it out and be like, yeah, and feel like you did something. I also think that it's pretty easy to say, uh, they're just sitting on their couch right. <laughs> typing yeah. something, right? Um, yeah. And, and uh, but the, the, the criticism here is not not to vocalize. The criticism right. is to um, get in the game. Right. If you're not in the game, yeah. cheering from the stands, booing the ref is not <laughs> participating in the game. Right. Okay? Right. It's, you're a spectator at that point. Yeah. And we are not called to be spectators. We are right. called to be engaged. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that, um, that's kind of what we're getting at here. So I think what would be helpful is because I think that it might be hard sometimes for us to move from the bleachers down to the bench, you know, to be ready for when we're called into the game. So maybe we can give some practical ways that we can start to uh, engage in politics in such a way that is actually going from being a spectator and feeling like we're doing really great because we vocalize for these particular policies and we go to the the booth and we vote one day, yeah. you know, out of every four years. Yeah. Um, but how, how, how can we move from the bleachers down to the bench and then hopefully from there get into the game? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good question. Um, and maybe the first thing to consider would be, sort of what we've been talking about but but you know what is something that you care about what is something that you think is important and then how can you tangibly practically start leveraging your your time your efforts um in in support of that and and i think about so i'll just use our church as an example yeah and i mentioned helping hands ministry but you know we have a ministry that's open a couple days a week right now and it's uh, i mean it's got a lot of people coming in with need particularly because of the pandemic yeah now more than ever now more than ever um i heard i hope these numbers are okay to say but uh they're giving out thousands of dollars worth of help a week yeah i mean it's going to gangbusters and that's not necessarily a good thing but but they always need volunteers you know um and so i I think of so from a poverty standpoint you Mm -hmm. know it's a ministry that's doing something um and and that's a awesome way that you could get involved. Um, we have sort of a side ministry, Michael Grogan, uh, shout out to Michael Grogan. Uh, and, uh, is working called food on the move. And, uh, if you're the idea of a food desert, which we don't need to go into, but there's, there's food desert areas, meaning that you're a certain distance from a, a grocery store from fresh produce and stuff like that. And so food on the move brings fresh produce, into areas that are food deserts and distributes it um, t- so that these folks that might not have that um, can can get that. You know, if, so if you care about food justice, right, mm-hmm. you can go volunteer and, yeah. and get a part of that, what they're doing. Um, we have, I think, Habitat, you know, building, building houses, and I don't think there's one going right now, but that every other year, usually that, you know, that takes place. Um, you know, if you care about kids and, and schools and, and and what's happening in terms of education uh you know, become an emerson lunch buddy yeah and, and then and, you might be thinking like oh what do i do now that school shut down and i can't go into emerson and yeah. be a lunch buddy 
come to Masterwork. Woo! So you may yeah. not know this, but Masterwork Academy, which is a fine arts academy that um, we're partnering with Anderson Elementary and has been happening the last couple of years after school. Uh, they, uh, Jeanette McIntyre and Kelly Brown, have have felt the calling of the Holy Spirit, and they are opening it up starting at 12, 1230 yeah. uh, throughout the week so that kids can come and do their distance learning at the church. Yeah, and they need people and they specifically need people. for yeah. that like distance learning time because it's really hard for a kindergartner to do distance learning when they need kind of one-on-one attention to yeah. this is how we're going to log in and stay on task, don't get on YouTube. Like it's hard enough when they're in the classroom, right? Yeah. And so yeah. uh having two adults per, you know, three adults per, I don't know, eight or nine kids is still that may seem like a good ratio of adults, but when they need engagement, yeah, that's 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 it's really tough. difficult. They yeah. they need one on one. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and again, this the, the idea that there are lots. I mean, I think you know if you care about education and don't think that teachers are getting paid enough, which you know I think is probably true. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. we'd all agree on that, and especially in Oklahoma, I don't know about other states, but. Um, you know, how could you support a teacher? How could you, you know, get a, get your church group together or K group together and buy some supplies for a teacher? Yeah. Well, since a lot of that stuff comes out of pocket, you know. Um, and I think that that's really good to like, I think that's a great idea. And I think that we tend to like maybe teachers within our uh, congregation, which I think is also a great idea. We want our teachers yeah. in our congregation to feel supported. Yeah. But maybe you live really close to a school and it's just like, yeah, hey, right. right. Uh, what teacher could use some supplies and I'm just going to, you know, help equip a fourth grade classroom, right. you know? Yeah. I'm going to go find a teacher and say, hey, how can I, what, what, I've got a hundred bucks, you know, what, what supplies can I what get you, you for a hundred bucks, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's a great way to kind of put your money, quote air quotes again, money where your mouth <laughs> is, right? Yeah, right. So I, th- I think just, you know, uh, a couple episodes we talked about issues around life right and you know if that's something you care about there's lots of ministries really organizations out there that are um attempting to walk with mothers with parents with you know through the process of birth and all of the needs that come after birth um we have some families in our church that are doing foster care and Mm -hmm. you know foster parents i mean that's a huge talk about what happens after a kid comes into the world and maybe a family's or a single parent's not able to care for the kid, right? I mean, that's a huge issue. And there's foster care, there's adoption, and there's lots of different ways to, if you care about something like that, you know. Yeah, we need... We, get involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to have an episode on that. Yeah, we that'd be awesome. I, I don't know what all they can say. I know, yeah, I know some of that's thing, confidential, but... but. Generally, Maybe. I think they could probably talk generally about yeah. just some of the needs and even some of the stressors, cool. how we could be praying for them. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I, and, and going back to food on the move, if you care yeah. about agricultural law and subsidies for farmers and like how we as a culture are, uh, and as a government are supporting our farmers, places like food on the move are, are actually places that, their food may get donated to them, but at some point down the line, somebody's buying that food from a farmer, 
right? And then it's getting shipped to Food on the Move. Someone might be donating it at some point or Food on the Move might be buying it. I don't know how Food on the Move operates. But uh, same with community food banks. I mean, you can do that. Um, uh, There's all sorts. There's lots of different churches that do food distribution. And so you don't even have to be a part of our church or a a ministry that's at our church if you're in our congregation. It can be another ministry that's being... Um, uh, that you can go support. Yeah. Or maybe even the Holy Spirit's dropped an idea of a ministry into your brain. Yeah. And then it wouldn't it be great if something somebody did that? Well, yeah, maybe that somebody's maybe, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, and that's, you know, that's part of the exciting thing about, about the church, right, is you have an idea, the Holy Spirit drops in your mind, and hopefully as we're in community, you get a friend, talk to someone, conversations start, and like, hey, I was... I was thinking about that too, you know, and then, and then it's you amazing get a group what God of, can do. Yeah, right? and you get a group of people that have different ideas uh, ideologically or um, politically that yeah. are working towards a common goal, right? you know, um, through a solution that is apolitical. Right, You know, exactly. yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I think, yeah, oh, sorry, I was, I was going to say sort of, just on the, the the general like what what are some practical steps and this is something we've been talking a lot about at the church but uh, particularly around issues of of race and and reconciliation and um, the idea of being sitting down with people and, and talk this goes politically too but sitting down with people that have that are different than you that have different stories than you and sharing a meal being in each other's homes or spaces or you know whatever whatever it is and being curious i think you know the the power of being curious and asking questions and realizing that whoever we are we have something to learn right from someone else um but i think that's a, a great again particularly on the issue of of race and all of the divides and and getting and how, what can the church do I, you know the church is i think in a unique position to um, to build relationships that might not, not otherwise happen. Um, yeah. Well, and I think um, I think what you're saying goes really well, kind of to to a practical step politically yeah. as well. Is find somebody who is maybe on the different end of the spectrum politically from you and sit down. And not don't even have a conversation, just mm. listen, mm. right? Ooh, Maybe yeah. ask a question and yeah. then listen. Oh, that's good. Uh, and it's not a debate. And they don't go into it entering a debate or anything like that. And, you know, re- feel free to respond if they ask you questions too. Yeah. But uh, go into it with listening mm. and trying to understand. Love that. Uh, not just trying to endure 45 minutes of them talking about the policy that they think is is best, but actually listening. And then maybe from that conversation, try to identify three things that are maybe common goals. Hmm. You might have reached different conclusions in, in what how you're trying to get to those goals, but that way you're starting to focus on the similarities and how we try right. to get to a goal rather than um, the, the differences between where you stand ideologically and yeah. where they stand. Uh, yeah. ideologically so uh, that that i think that's a really great yeah, i like that um really across the board for life 
Find someone right? that's yeah, different absolutely. than you and listen to them. Yeah. And I think this is, I say this tongue in cheek, but there's a big difference between thinking someone's an idiot and thinking they're a villain. And you may come away from a conversation thinking, that's the worst logic I've ever heard. Yeah. But we have the same goal, right? We have things in common. You're not a villain. You're not, because so much of our political conversation right now is you're a villain. Yeah. And this ideology, this framework of thinking is villainous, is evil, right? And, and, and some things are, right? Let's alt right, that's evil. Yeah. But a lot of the things about which we disagree are policies. And, and I do think that when you listen to each other, you can see that, hey, we actually do care about some of the same things. Yeah. Even if how we, our, 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 our best intentions of how to get there are vastly different. different. And, we, and we may not be able to step into the shoes of someone else on that, but at least we can say like, okay, you, you do actually care about some things that I care about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've talked about two things. Um, getting involved in policy, sitting down and listening uh, to a neighbor. Um, what else? Well, I think you have one more that you wanted to mention, right? Bring back the wigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking, but oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Bring back the wigs. Bring back the wigs. That's true. I need a t-shirt I, that says bring back the wigs. You get a wig t-shirt i'll get a bull moose party t-shirt yeah though you've actually done research on the wigs i have not really done research yeah, i just so know teddy roosevelt i don't really know much about the bull moose yeah policies since the last uh episode i did some research on the wigs, so i could with confidence say bring back the wigs yeah that yeah. might give you a little bit of a <laughs> idea of my political stance the thing that i really like about them though is that they wanted to move power from the executive branch and uh let congress do its job that that I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. Anyway, were um, the wigs were there wigs and Tories back before the revolution too? Uh, this I do not know. It, this focused primarily on the probably three, two three decades before the Civil War. Okay, perfect. But I, I, I know, that's I, the thing about our our, our politics. I mean, you know, you had Democratic Republicans for a while, and right now it's like what? Yeah. So, anyways. All right. The names of our groups have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things that I've found that's actually been really, really helpful for me uh, in engaging this is, um, and this might be really hard for some people to swallow, but it's getting that's your- That's why we're here. Yeah. We're here to <laughs> unleash the worms. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's getting your political news from a news outlet that you disagree with. Ooh. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, man. I can see people tossing their phones across the room I know. even as we no, speak. Oh, <laughs> never. Um, so you're but, saying if I'm a conservative, then I sh- shouldn't only listen to Fox News. Right. If I'm a... Get it right. Progr- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And if I'm a if I'm a more progressive, then I should only listen to Fox News. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, but it's I'm not saying get all of your yeah. political news um, from a, a from a source that's different or that is uh, is on the different end of the spectrum in their bias. Because the reality is, 
every news outlet is going to tell you that it is not bias, right? Right. Or that it's giving you the truth, okay? Well, the truth is more subjective than ever, which is moronic yeah. in its in itself because how is truth subjective? Anyway, we can go and talk about relativism later. Yeah. Um, but every news outlet has some sort of bias and some sort of way that they lean, even yeah. if they do try to not come at the news with bias. So you yeah. can have the same news story with two very different headlines right. and that can feed your need for to villainize the other political party. Yeah, and right? to justify yeah, to, to justify, reinforce, entrench our own yeah, exactly. thoughts, opinions, whatever. And so what this does is, you know, if you are so staunchly a conservative or if you are so staunchly a progressive, if you were to listen to, you know, NPR or Fox News, you'd be able to you you are able to weed out what is kind of the bias and the the posturing of the particular organization that right. is feeding right. you the news right and then you actually just once you sift through that then you actually are left with news yeah <laughs> like you're yeah. left with news but if if you are conservative and you listen to Fox News, it's much harder to sift out what is mm. uh, reinforcing your current ideologies. Mm. Yeah. And like what's there to make you feel good about, uh, yeah. about this particular policy or this particular um, event that has happened. Yeah. Um, and, and it's harder to find to just get to the bare bones of the news. So yeah. one yeah, of the think- ways that I've found that that's helpful is by listening to uh, a different news outlet yeah. than I would normally want so to. So who do you listen to? Now, that's was... a great question. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it made me think of uh, C.S. Lewis. He has a essay on reading old books. May not, but, but I think it relates because basically what he says is that, you know, we live as people in a particular framework and he's talking more society in terms of history. But like, you know, if you're a progressive or a conservative and you're only listening to the ideology and the thoughts that the, the, then it's like you're a fish swimming in water and you don't even know what it's like to be wet. Yeah. Like you, you, you just, that, that's, that's all that you experience. And so for Lewis, he says, you need to read, we don't have future books, so you can't read those. So you have to read old books because they'll give you a different set of ideas and thoughts and it'll take you out of your world. And, and we need that because that's like the only way to critique our world and mm-hmm. to see what are my biases? Like wh- yeah. why, what am I, why do I always respond in this in this way? And I think that's part of what you're saying is that um, it actually is going to to help you. Um, it, it won't necessarily change your opinion. I mean, no. it may actually refine your thinking of why you think what you think. But that's also a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's better to hold hold something for a reason than to hold it because it's the party line, whatever right. that party line is. Exactly. And th- essentially, this is the same idea of sitting down with somebody and listening to them. Right. Right. That, that, yeah. that holds a different opinion than you, but you're just doing it from a, a news outlet standpoint. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that's really helped me kind of. Uh, uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I think a final thought, and I don't know if this is actually final, but a final thought that we had. Oh, yeah. Which also might uh, cause some people to throw their phones across the room. Good. Good. Is. Uh, 
get off of Facebook. Not a news outlet. Or that's <laughs> sorry. True. Just say, I mean, if you're getting your news from Facebook, uh, stop it. Yeah, go watch Social <laughs> Dilemma on Netflix. Yeah. And I said, I, I I'll be honest, I. It's kind of like watching a train wreck for me, but I kind of enjoy scrolling through Facebook and just seeing what people are saying. That makes you mad. Either way. I just, I find it, I don't know if it's my nineness on the Enneagram, but it's it's just like, it's fast. It's a fascinating study in human behavior in human behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, but, but yeah, that's get off of Facebook. Yeah. And, and And don't get off of it, but it's not. It's not the best place. It may be the worst place to have thoughtful, gracious, Christ-centered political discourse. Yeah. Which is what we're hoping for. Right. That's what we're right? trying, I mean, trying to get at, right? If our if our political discourse is not you know, love seasoned with salt, if it's if it's not truth and grace, if it's not christ-centered then we as christians have no business involved in it yeah you're just putting fuel to the fire is what you're doing and again we we talked about like there's a tendency to to be vocal and we're not attacking vocalization we're not saying don't be vocal uh, but what we're saying is you're voicing of opinion on Facebook or Instagram, whatever YouTube comment section, whatever is, is it's not helping. I don't know one person that has switched political parties because of a discussion on Facebook. I don't know one person. If you're that person, let us know. Yeah, please. And if you're a person that has come to Jesus because of a, uh, post on Facebook. I would love to hear that too. Yeah, because be awesome. I mean, I don't think that Christians should be off Facebook or that yeah. we should like take yeah. Christ off of Facebook or whatever, but I don't know that that's the place to attack views that are different from yours in the name of Christ necessarily yeah. because yeah. I don't know that it's going to change anybody's mind. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad reasoning, but I, I just think it's I think it's easy to be I think it's easy to be either misunderstood or to misunderstand you can't read i mean it's so much of conversation i mean even just in our podcast we're you know we're behind music stands socially distanced but we're able to see each other's eyes a little bit of lower part of each other's faces yeah, and your mustache <laughs> my mustache uh but that goes a long way in saying in and, and when i'm face to face with you even if i disagree with you I have to be super bold to say some of the things to you that are said on Facebook. Yeah. Right. I mean, it makes it a lot easier to hate your neighbor when you're typing it and you don't have to look at their reaction. Yes. yes. And and this has been proved. There's an interesting book, Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle, which talks about uh, all of the impact of social media and uh, part of the study looks at junior hires and Ooh. how social media is impacting junior they're the hires. best and the worst there yeah they're awesome but central to what they found is that it produces a lack of empathy a, a lack of stepping into people's shoes which is sort of if you haven't you know picked up like that's part of what we're encouraging right yeah <laughs> a lot of this is just about empathy it's about listening it's about stepping into someone else's shoes and that's not that it can't be done but it, it's hard it's generally speaking, I think, hard to do 
and just the the medium of Facebook or social media does not lend itself toward stepping into someone else's shoes. Yeah, and I think that part of the reason that, you know, I've done it in the past, been on Facebook and like announced something or proclaimed something or denounced something on Facebook or in whoever's comment section or like whatever is because you feel like if I were to just go sit down with one person, then I'm just having a conversation with one person and Mm. maybe I change their mind and maybe I don't. But this way I've got like a buckshot approach and a lot of people can hear what it is that I'm saying and how I'm justified and maybe it'll change one person. It's kind of like a numbers game. It kind of feels like a numbers game because if everyone knows uh, where I stand, one, they can't question where I stand and two, maybe it'll convince one of them, right? And so I think that we're more prone. It's easier to say whatever we want to say when we just type it out. We're we're prone to think that we're going to reach more people mm. and we that that keeps us from sitting down and having a one-on-one conversation with somebody who we disagree with. Yeah. Who is your yeah. quote quote friend? Yeah. On Facebook, right? If they're really your friend, Sit down and talk with them about why you disagree on this. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, you know, after I've after we've lambasted, I, I do think there are some things that are, and this will be different for different people, but there are some things that are big enough to post about. I'm not, you know, I don't think either of us are saying never post, never speak out against something that's wrong or speak for something that's good, never share anything, never share a story, right. never share an article. But... um particularly when you get into the comments section. <laughs> and I think, I just, again, it's the, what's, what's our motivation? Yeah. You know, what's, um, why are we doing this? And that question of, is this all there is? Is, is the entirety of our political conversation chats? Right. You know? Yeah. Or, and how often are we sitting down and having these same conversations with people face to face over a beer in in a in a context where you're actually going to seek to understand right one another yeah yeah so just to kind of recap from the practical standpoint yeah. of how to practice politics as personal politics as a christian right uh, one of one of the best ways that we can do that is by sitting down and having a discussion with somebody who is different than us okay so first we're called to be different okay so if we right. are called to be different guess what there's going to be people who are different than us right so right. sit down have a conversation with them um find a policy that you are passionate about or something that you're passionate about and put your time and effort into it I think one of the things is that as the church, we can be kind of shallow mm. because uh, the, our communities are not seeing the church mobilize and actually right. doing things, right? right. And, and it feels like we're doing things because we're on Facebook, right? So again, next one, don't be on Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook is not your um, news platform, but maybe get your news from a different platform than you agree with or periodically get your news from a uh, platform that you don't particularly lean the same way on the political spectrum with. Did I miss one? Uh, I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's pretty practical. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of anything else? I feel great about it. 
Cool. Um, you know, I, 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 I would. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. No, just just the again the reminder. I think we we've said this before, but just the reminder that our hope is our hope is always in Christ, right? And our and our hope is in the inbreaking kingdom of God, which we are participating in and we are helping to usher in, but is ultimately not brought about by our strength or by our striving. And so it's it's not and again, it's that tension in the Christian life of we do things by the power of the Spirit and in obedience and in response to what God does. And so in the same way that we say this is not up to us or about us, we also are responsible in what God has called us to. Right. And it's that both and. And I think it like frees us to live with some abandon and to engage and to, you know, um, get in the game, to get off the bench and get in the game, get out of the stands and get in the game. Um, but with freedom, recognizing like if we drop a pass or if we don't defend the ball, you know, whatever, like, and they score a touchdown, like that's fine because God still got it. Yeah. I like that. You know, I, today I was listening to um, one of my favorite albums when I was in uh, high school, and it's uh, Switchfoot's A Beautiful Letdown. I love oh, that so album. Oh, good. Nice. And uh, Throwback Thursday. I know, right? <laughs> and um, the song, A Beautiful Letdown, is actually, I wanted it to be. Uh, the opening theme song for this, but because we don't own the rights to that song, we can't do it. But I encourage you guys. If to we go. sing it, can we have it up? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, but I encourage you guys to go listen to that song. It's kind of it's it's a little bit funky, which is part of the reason I was initially drawn to it. Um, but the the words in that song and the the repeat of I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And the, the mm. idea that we are a beautiful letdown, that, mm. that everything that we bring, mm. yeah, we have fallen short. Yeah. Uh, but it's in our falling short that it's actually beautiful because that's where Christ meets us. Mm. Um, and I think that this is uh, uh, the perfect um, illustration for how we kind of approach politics in this is that uh, we fall short. Right. As humans, yeah. as individuals, as humanity, as a collective, um, but it, but it, uh, this isn't our home. It doesn't mean that we don't get involved. Um, but since we can't uh, have Switchfoot play us out, we <laughs> will settle for the. Uh, I shouldn't say settle because Eric <laughs> is awesome, yeah. and so we'll, we'll we'll be played out by the Eric Baird and some of his really cool creative stuff that he's let us use. So. Um, Enjoy some good music yeah. and go to the polls. Also, subscribe if you're, if you're listening and not yes. subscribed. Then hey, that helps we them. are coming up on, this is uh, episode 20, or maybe we just did episode 20. I can't nice. remember. We're, this is either 20 or 21. Man. But we're also coming up on 1,000 downloads. Like, isn't that crazy to That's think all, of? Man, that yeah, is crazy. We're getting close to 1,000 downloads. Awesome. So we'll, we will celebrate and have a party here in the Hannah C. Howard, we can only invite one other person so we can stay socially <laughs> distanced, but, but we'll have a party when we hit yeah. a, a thousand downloads. Three is a crowd in these days. So. Yeah. So subscribe so that you get our, our newest ones. Yeah. And, and again, we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. And if you have questions that you'd like us to address, if there's ever anything that you hear in a podcast that 
you disagree with or that you want to hear more about, need some further explanation, let us know. Shoot us a text. Come down to church. Take us out to coffee. We'll take you out to coffee. Or uh, let us know, and we'll we'll try to address it in another episode. So we're uh, again, we want to open the can of worms. We want to encourage faithfulness to the Lord of the Church, Jesus Christ. And we know that we do that imperfectly, but He's got it. So He's got it. Yeah. All right. Well, take it away, Eric. Give us something funky and fresh to leave us feeling good on our way as we wait for another episode of Life on the Bind. Goodbye.